Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Yo, welcome back to the Stuff About Money podcast. I am your co-host, Eric Garcia, certified financial planner, and as always, joined by Xavier Angel, certified financial planner. Xavier, before we hop into today's episode, I want to make a couple comments if you're all right with that. I'm, I'm good with that. I think it's uh, needed. Go for it. Cool. Appreciate it. First, let me say this. Uh, if y'all like what y'all are hearing, go ahead and follow us. You can find us on any of the app, on any of your podcast apps from Apple Music to uh, Spotify. You can also find us at stuffaboutmoney.com. If you have a question about money, uh, shoot us an email. You can just shoot me an email, eric, E-R-I-K, at plan-wisely.com. We'd love to uh, maybe even take your question on the air. But we've been having a lot of questions, Xavier, with clients around the stock market. The stock market is uh, is down, if you all haven't noticed, this year. And a lot of the conversations, obviously, uh, people are concerned. Uh, that, that's a very natural, very natural emotion when you start to see your net worth and your 401k values just slowly, slowly, slowly drop. And we often talk about the word risk. Oh, it's risky, it's risky, it's risky. And I want to say that actually, I don't think it's risk is the problem. Risk is something that we can actually identify. We can calculate risk. The issue right now is uncertainty. And I think there's a lot of us, we're feeling uncertain about our investments. We're feeling uncertain about our futures. And that uncertainty is what drives that kind of anxious feeling that a lot of us are feeling. So I want to encourage y'all to, if you haven't yet, go listen to a podcast from a couple weeks ago. It's called How Much Stock Market Risk is Just Right with Dr. John Grable. That's a fantastic episode where we where we talk about risk and uncertainty. Um, but I encourage you to go listen to that. Xavier, what are we talking about today? Procrastination, Eric, and and you know, risk is is one of the things. Hey, that, before we uh, get to our topic, can we talk about something else? For, just kidding. I was just procrastinating. That was no. a bad joke. <laughs> so, so to get back into our topic today is uh, procrastination, and you know, I think risk has a, a lot of what had me um, self reflecting this morning, right? You know, I'm, I'm on my way into the into work this morning. It's raining um, a 35, 40 minute drive. I, I'm pushing an hour uh, coming on in this morning. And I started ta- I started thinking about procrastination and how it were affects you, everything that talking, we do. Were you talking to self? I was. Yeah, well, Xavier, was comes, Xavier comes self. into the office every now and then. He's like, he's like, look, I was having a conversation with self like self. It's like it's like <laughs> Belle Biv DeVoe, me, myself and I. I'm like, did, it's did, so, I, it's, did I have anything to say in that conversation? No, no it, look, I is a different person. Okay. So All right. self self normally comes to me when uh, when I'm having that self reflection. Right, so what, what did self tell you this morning? Self was telling me we you know 
we need to sit back and we need to to, to reevaluate some of the things that we do and how we do them. Now, um, okay, hold on, hold and, on. You're talking to self here, and you're saying we. Are you talking about like the general we? Or are you talking about we as in you the and general. self? Okay. <laughs> general, because okay. um, uh, you know, right. look, whether it's friends, family, clients, everyone has the same thing, and it and mm-hmm. it's procrastination. So, uh, I'm going to start with the story. Okay. Um, I, you know, I've got this client and back in 2018, 2017, 2018, we're having these conversation and the conversation revolves around when do I start investing? When do I start saving? Um, and, and the, the, the conversation during this time frame was, well, I don't want to put, I don't want to put money in the market right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the market comes down. I'm going to put the money in and we'll be able to, you know, yeah. we'll be able to buy when it's low. And we kept waiting and kept waiting. The market never went down like he wanted it to go down. And then it was too late. You know, um, then we had the market shoot up and we had a nice run in the market. And then he came in and he said, I should have done it back then. Mm, I should have. It, I, I should have. Um, you know, and and we had this conversation. We started a conversation about two weeks ago, and it went back to that time period. And he's still kicking himself because he didn't put money in when he first started thinking about it, and he missed out on an eight to ten percent run in the market. Well, he can't get that back in. So part of that self reflection is why do we procrastinate? You know, rather than waiting to do it, let's do it now. And if and if I bring it back in to stuff about money we didn't we weren't taught in school, then it comes back to dollar cost averaging. You know, if we're looking if we're looking at this um, at this scenario, I think we talked about dollar cost averaging a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, no, break that down. Break that. You talking about dollar cost? How, okay. Right? So so you talk you share the story about a client who doesn't want to start investing because I guess they're concerned that they're it's not the right. And I'm doing air quotes for those who are not watching on YouTube. It's not the right time. Um, and then you're talking about dollar cost averaging. So break that down for us. So dollar cost averaging allows you to put, you're making a contribution into a savings account, an investment account, but you're putting money in at, at uh, certain periods of time. And let's say monthly. So I know I'm putting money in on the 15th of the month every single month. So I'm capturing both the low points in the market and I'm capturing the high points in the market. I'm not trying to time when to put money in. Yeah. So so essentially what, what you're saying and what I love about the strategy of dollar cost averaging specific to investing is we're, we're kind of removing the emotion from the investing process, right? So like, ah, oh, it's exactly. the wrong time to get into the market. Well. It might be, it might be the right time. We don't know. So what we're going to do is we're just going to put a consistent amount of money on a consistent basis, regardless of what's happening. So we've essentially removed some of the, the emotion of, uh, correct. Of, of investing. Correct. Cause emotion, emotion is going to cause us to get off of the target. So you're driving down the interstate this morning, sitting in traffic and you and self start having a conversation and you're starting to think about procrastinating. And you just share the story, the specific story about this client that procrastinated with their investments. You know, something I, I regularly hear from people tied almost exactly to this mm-hmm. is, gosh, I should have started doing this 20 years ago. I should have started doing this 15 years ago. It's that should have, I should have, I should have. And I think once mm-hmm. we start saying, I should have, 
I think we're, we're, we're probably guilty of procrastinating. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, and that's what self was telling me this morning. You know, self was telling me to take a step back, <laughs> you know, and, and figure out what, what I need to do, whether it's having an accountability partner, yeah, yeah. you know, whether it's getting with you and, and coming up with a plan. So it, sound, it sounds you know, like, and, and, and people, <laughs> listeners, just so you know this, just so you know this, good advisors engage other advisors for advice and for planning help. It's always good to have third, uh, a second set of eyes. So uh, anyway, so so you, you know, you're kind of telling the story about self is telling you and you're saying we, and you're talking about the general we, but it sounds to me like uh, like um, you're, you're, you're working through something there. I'm not gonna, I'm, we don't have to share, you don't have to share exactly what, what you were uh, reflecting on this morning. But let, let's talk about kind of in the financial sense, Maybe a couple different places that we do procrastinate. You and I, before before we hit record, we kind of kicked around some ideas um, on maybe some places in money that we do procrastinate. This is no, nowhere near an exhaustive list, but these are maybe three that kind of rose to the top. That uh, they're 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 tapes that I'm hearing over and over. They're scripts that I'm hearing over and over from um, from people right now, not just you and I. But the first one you talked about is we procrastinate uh, investing. You know, we, we put it off for whatever reason, right? We, it's not. I had a conversation this morning. I was at a at a board meeting, and this particular individual. Oh, you mean you? you they let you on a board? They they did. They let you sit on a board? They do. They do. <laughs> they let me sit on a board. I'm not. I'm not on the executive board, so I could just you know. I don't have like any. Well, you you're working your way up there. I am, and I'm, I want to be like you. Xavier sits on like 17 boards. Um, that, that, that's just a tad exaggerating uh, just a little uh, bit, but I'm not, not too much. So the, the conversation, the conversation was about investments and this individual had multiple non, not non-market investments. So I was talking about those and, and, uh, they were, they were kind of telling me about, about those investments and the risks associated with it. And I asked if they had any market investments and, and the comment was, oh, you know, the market's a mess right now. I'll probably just sit in cash for 18 months. And I'm not going to suggest that they were procrastinating. That seemed like a very intentional decision on their part. But as you were sharing the dollar cost average, you mean, what a great way. Like, hey, we might be at the bottom. We might not be at the bottom. This might be a great time to get in the market. It might be a terrible time to get in the market. But we don't know. So the best time to start investing is yesterday, probably. So dollar cost averaging, again, if you have the right time frame, right? If, you're, if you need your money you know, in six months, yeah, sit in cash. But if you've got 20 and, years and, you know, ahead of you... Right. If you have 20 years ahead of you, then then now's the time. Yeah. And, and one of the other conversations that you and I had this morning is, you know, most people think I've got to have money to start investing today. But we threw out that, you know, 50, $100 a month, three, is, four, whatever. That is money. You know, you, you do have to right. have money it, to it, invest. <laughs> exactly. But most people are thinking those big dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. If I can't, if I can't invest $10,000, then I shouldn't start. Right. And, and, and something gets you started so that you can get that plan, whether yeah. it's a short-term goal, whether it's a you know, long-term so, goal, whatever so it may be. Yeah. On that point, you said short-term goal. Another area where we, where we determined that we procrastinate financially is really saving for specific short-term goals um, to where, I mean, there, there's been times where thinking, okay, we're going to take a vacation, the family, we're, and we're, we're planning this vacation in a year or two years. So I'm going to take 200 or 300 dollars a month and just put it aside for that vacation 
never do it. Then you go on the vacation and you realize, man, if I'd have, if I'd have put two or three hundred dollars a month aside, in in two years time, I'd have five or six thousand dollars, and that vacation. Would, did I do that math right? Yeah, I did that. Five or six thousand dollars, and that vacation would be paid off before I even go on mm-hmm. it. I'm not putting it on any credit cards. Then I could do all the cool, fun stuff wherever we're going because I wouldn't be thinking about money. And and so so we procrastinate maybe planning for those really short term. And short term, we mean anything, let's say under two years, right? And we're not even talking about investing. We're just talking about putting money in a, in, you know, in, in a boring old savings account specific to a goal. And, and you're correct, Eric. Um, you know, one of the things that we've done is sat down um, as business partners and we've thought about what short term goals are for us. Um, we've come up with a plan where we're putting away a dollar amount on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Now, initially, and, and this is going to be back to the procrastination piece, um, there was a two month period where I didn't contribute mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. was procrastinating. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept saying, I'm going to deposit it tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. And and I'd get in the following day and I'd say, you know what? I don't have time right now. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And um, I, I think I think that went on for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then Eric knocked on my door and said, hey, look, if we're going to do this, we need to do it. Um, and that's when I said, okay, you know what? Rather than putting it off again, let me is do it why, right now. Is that why you were talking to self this morning? I, 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 yes. put a, I put a call into self and I said, hey, self, you need to talk, you need to, talk to Xavier. All right, so, so, uh, so, so we procrastinate for very specific short-term goals. In this case, you kind of shared an example of, of us wanting to make some a, a specific investment in the business. And a third way that I'm kind of hearing people procrastinate is making some type of change. It could be a career change or professional change. It's that... Um, they're not happy maybe what they're doing or, or maybe it's just there's something about it and they procrastinate and they procrastinate and they procrastinate and they wake up like, I'm just really miserable doing this. Obviously, it has a huge impact on on finances because if the change is, if it's a risky change because what you got going on is good, then uh, it could impact my finances and mm-hmm. I could impact everything that I'm doing. Um, or it could be a change that's actually positive, but they're just maybe maybe afraid to take hold of it. All right. And I, you know, I, I'll use myself as an as an example. Uh, once again, this morning, um, you know, I, I made a professional change. Um, you know, it, it it was look, life was great in in my previous life um, prior to twenty twenty. Um, successful financial advisor, uh, creating and doing financial plans with with my clients, and. Um, I think for three to five years, you and I had been talking about um, merging our financial planning practices. Um, you kept telling me, "Hey, look, we could we could do this together. Yeah, uh, we could have fun doing it together. Yeah, and um, we could it, start it, a it, podcast it took, together. Right. <laughs> and it took me three to five years. It took you a long and, time uh, to to make that decision um, to make the move and go independent and yeah, merge yeah. our practices. You know." Um, yeah, it, it was hard. It was a hard decision. I didn't know where it would land me. But when I looked back over the past two years, um, I'm happy I made it. That's the decision you Absolutely. made. Now, here's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand why you're wearing a tie this morning. Y'all got to go check him out on YouTube. He's wearing a tie. I told you, I told you once you stop working for that other firm, you didn't. You never have to wear a tie unless you're at some board meeting, right? So like I'm- I wore, I wore a tie for, for 
18 years, I was in a coat and tie every single day. Yeah. And then January of 2020, I walk in with a with a tie and you tell me, hey, relax. Take that tie. I'm going to pull on. F- funny polo story. <laughs> funny story. So years and years and years ago, um, maybe it wasn't that long ago. I don't even, I don't even know. COVID kind of throws all the time off. But like Xavier got, Xavier roped me in to sit on a board on an association in one of the 17, one of the 17 that he sits on in the, in the financial space. And, um, I would always ask him, man, do I, have, do I have to wear a tie? He's like, yes, put a tie on, man. So, uh, sure enough, I'm off that board. Cause I just don't want to wear a tie if I don't have to, man, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. Goodness gracious. But so you're definitely the best dress. So, so procrastinate making pr- uh, professional changes. I was having a conversation with, a a young business owner, um, recently, and, and they're in that position they're, you know, they're working, well, they're not a business owner yet. Uh, they kind of have a side hustle, but the, the business that they're working for, they've kind of hit a ceiling and they've got an entrepreneurial spirit. And a lot of our conversations have been, Hey, um, you're, you're in a position to go do something on your own in the same space. What's holding you back? You know, we kind of chatted about those things, and I think I think he's actually been having some conversations here recently about doing his own thing. So sometimes taking that risk is important, um, making that that professional change because time is something you can't get back. Now, look, there's a time Absolutely. and there's a place to make these changes, right? You know, I've seen situations where I've talked to people and they've got financial obligations and they've got a place they've got they've got mortgages and a lot of debt and they got a family they they need to provide for. They don't like their job, but it is providing them what they need. And the alternative is not good. And they're just so unhappy with their job. They take the alternative and there was just no opportunity there. It just, it didn't make any sense. So I think, you know, thinking through those decisions obviously makes sense. Thinking through and understanding what your situation is. I mean, it, you know, that that's that's part of where procrastination comes because we don't know or we don't understand what our current situation is and, and we're afraid to make those moves. So that, that kind of leads us. It's a good segue. That kind of leads us. We talked about three three places where we, we procrastinate sometimes in uh, mm-hmm. in finances. Again, I can go on and on and on and on and on about different places and how we procrastinate with money. But we procrastinate. We know that. Everyone listening probably is like, yeah, there, there's an area in my life where I am procrastinating. You just said... This idea of understanding our situation—it's—it's it's stopping, becoming aware. I, I, I actually I appreciate um, the fact that you spent this morning reflecting and, and <laughs> spending time in self-reflection. No, seriously, I think that's a lost art. No. I, I don't think enough people stop long enough. It, we're not we're not still and quiet long enough to take right. a hard look on the inside and say, "Hey, what am I not doing?" Or, or in that case, what am I doing? that needs to change, right? So I think that's step one. Step one is saying, hey, let me sit down and understand my situation, right? In, in the context of finances, let me sit down and let me gather all of my financial data. Do I need to be saving more? Am I overspending? What's kind of going on? What makes me really uncomfortable? What keeps me up at night? If I could change one thing about my financial situation, what would it be? You know, Eric, those are really good points um, that you just mentioned, Um, collecting that data, getting everything together and then identifying what's really important to you. What's what's the goals? 
You know, yeah. once we once we figure that out, now we can come to the table and we can start uh, to create a plan. You know, yeah. figure out what are the steps, what's the strategies for us to get to uh, whatever those goals or whatever is important to you. Yeah, and let me let me kind of dive a little deeper in this idea of what kind of what's important to you. What, what are those goals? Um, I, I would say, I would I would put it this way: What do you value? In this in this mm-hmm. particular context, so in the story that you shared about us saving for a specific goal in the practice and the business that we wanted to make an investment, right. we sat around and said, "Goodness gracious, we're spending too much time doing X, Y, and Z. We shouldn't be spending our mm-hmm. time doing X, Y, and Z because that's not that's important. But our time is more valuable doing A, B, and C, and that's where we need to be. That's where our focus needs to be. That's what makes us happy." That's what that's what drives us. So therefore, we have to find a solution to do X, Y, and Z for us, and right. that solution is going to cost us money. And and we sat around the table and we we talked about it and we figured out okay. We even put together what is a time frame for us yeah. to to be able to come and get that accomplished. Well, that's that's kind of the next step, right? Kind of as we progress, the solution to mm-hmm. procrastinating is actually put a time a, a timeline on on what you're trying to solve, right? Like here, here's our problem. What's important to us? This is really important that we're doing X, Y, and Z. All right, so we're gonna give us six months to start solving this problem. Here's our step. Here's one, two, three, and four that we're gonna follow. Right. Yeah. And then and then after you kind of have, after you kind of written out those steps, right? We start to, we start to act on, mm-hmm. on those steps, right? Correct. If the goal is to save a certain amount of money monthly, then you have to actually act on it and execute it. Correct. And then when you don't, it's good to have someone that says, "Hey, Xavier, what's up, man? <laughs> Go ahead, make that." Make and, that the- and, and you mentioned earlier, you know, and and I'm just I'll use us, you know. You mentioned earlier that even financial advisors need a second set of eyes to come back and take a look at it, and. You know, we hold each other account- accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, we have that that weekly meeting where we're sitting down and we're looking at where are we, what did we do, you know, where are you based off of the plan that we've that whether it's you or whether it's both of us have put together. So it's that accountability partner that's allowing us to be able to implement those steps and move forward. Yeah, let, let me let's let's talk about accountability because I, I kind of feel like we're we're not all over the board here, but. In terms of accountability, we, we've kind of been using a lot of different examples of procrastinating, mm-hmm. and, and I want to tie two of these together as it uh, deals with this idea of accountability. So in your opening story, you talked about a client who didn't want to invest because it was the wrong time. The particular right. accountability there was, uh, well, you tried to be accountable or, or help hold him accountable mm-hmm. as an advisor, but they didn't listen to you. Um, but a good way to keep us accountable in the investment space you mentioned is dollar cost averaging. Hey, I'm going to automate this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it. Let me remove emotion from this decision completely. So automation is a really good form of accountability. All right. Uh, and that, that kind of helps with things that can. So, so the question is like, Hey, can I automate this? That's a question I'm always asking myself. Mm-hmm. Can I use technology to help me do this, to prevent me from, procrastinating whether it's and eric's a, been looking at technology to help him from an accountability standpoint since i first met him 14 years ago i like technology it's good i mean techno- he's ahead of he, eric's actually ahead of his time when it comes to <laughs> to the technology that he uses it's so far ahead of my time that it's uh, uh sometimes it's a waste of my time right <laughs> but can we use technology to automate 
some some form of our finances. You know, if, if you're in a 401k plan, right? It's your the the contributions are automated coming out of your check on a regular basis. You can even automate your increases on an annual basis. I want to increase my contribution by 3% per year. You can set it, you could forget it. And it's fantastic. There's even automation on investing in your 401k plans. You can say, hey, as I get older, I want my investment portfolio to get more conservative. And you can set that up. Uh, so automation is an incredibly powerful form of accountability. And then, and then obviously, one that Xavier was talking about here is like people accountability. It's having someone that you are willing to humbly submit to and listen to their guidance. Right when Xavier walks into my office and tells me something that I need to do or something that I said I was going to do that I didn't, I stop and listen because I've I have I have uh, humbly submitted to his counsel, um, and I think that's really important. You, 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 you got to be careful how you say that. No, I'm not going to disagree with you, but Jen's going to get upset with you if she hears this. No, I I, I humbly <laughs> submit to to Jen as well. She has uh, she has power and authority to speak into my life, and I listen. <laughs> and I humbly submit to Maureen. So, <laughs> um, no, but but I think that's an important part of accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, as financial planners, we we are our clients in, in in a sense are accountable to us. We create and build a plan based off of things that they tell us are important to them. Sometimes they tell us straight up, "This is important to me. This is what I want to do," and we help them get there. Sometimes we have to guide them to figure out what what really uh, they value. But at the end of the day, as a financial planner, that, that's a lot of what we do is, hey, we're going to hold you accountable to meet those financial goals, not just financial, it's those lifestyle goals. Like what if, hey, right. if good health is important to you and you tell me that, then we want to make sure that you can afford healthy food and gym membership. And you know, if, if mm-hmm. taking vacations with your family is important to you, then I want to make sure that you, that you spend uh, your your money prudently enough to where you have money to go on a nice family vacation. If you tell me you're afraid to retire because your your parents uh, are poor and they're living on Social Security and that's a concern of yours, within reason, we're going to make sure that we're funding that because that's something that you value. If you tell me that you're charitably minded and you want to support nonprofits and different uh, missions and charities and whatnot. I want to make sure that your money is going towards those things that are important to you, that you value. And, you know, Eric, when talking about financial planners and, and how, uh, you know, we are account, we're, we're being your accountability partner, it all goes back. And I'm going to just, it, it goes back to understanding your situation. I mean, we can't help you unless we actually know what your goals are. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? So you've got to identify again, and I'm going back to what we talked about earlier, identify what's important to you. No, and then come to the to the advisor, the planner, and he or she will be able to work with you to accomplish what you're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, like money is something that we I mean, this is um I'm making up the statistic. Okay. Compliance people, I'm making the statistic up. We spend ninety percent of our time dealing with money. Maybe even more, right? We're working for it. We're we're fighting about it. We're spending it. We're stressing over it. So 
if that's the case, if money is such an important, and I'm not, I'm not elevating money as like, as like, oh, it's so important. Like let's worship money. That's not, and that's not what I'm saying here is what I'm saying is that, that money drives practically everything we do. So to have it in its proper place, to make decisions that are consistent with our values is incredibly important because money has the ability to both provide for us and it also has the the ability to to destroy us and i think by you know procrastinating and just because you procrastinate doesn't mean money's going to destroy you but you're, you're procrastinating making decisions with a really important part of of your everyday life and that's your money so um, I think sitting down, taking inventory, whether you meet with a financial planner or just or or you you're disciplined enough to do it on your own, people just don't take time to to look at how they're spending money. They don't take time to look at are they saving enough. Um, but certainly, a financial planner is going to be in a position to help uh, you sort through um, that information and help you put together a a, a plan. All right, I, I'm gonna come off my soapbox. I get I get all excited talking about this stuff and people making good decisions about about their money and and whatnot. But um, but I think that the takeaway, Xavier, from this episode is is if if you find yourself kind of especially financially feeling like ah oh, I should be doing something's not right and you don't know exactly what it is, you might not necessarily be consciously procrastinating doing something with your money, but you're procrastinating the decision to sit down and figure out what's going on with your money. And I think that a, a financial planner, a financial advisor, uh, particularly a, a, a certified financial planner, um, has the ability to sit down and really help you sort through those um, those things. One of the things that I would say that that separates us from from other advisors is we do have uh, an emphasis on really understanding the behavior side of money. Um, you know, we I've done a lot of collaborative work in the past with with the couples counselor, family therapist, really understanding just kind of how behaviors drive our decisions, particularly financial decisions. So, sitting down, don't procrastinate the decision to meet with someone to talk about your money. Um, yes, it costs you money to meet with someone like us, but. More often than not, the the takeaway is going to put you into a position to make that back 10, 20, 30-fold over your lifetime by making good, wise decisions. So, y'all, thanks for taking your time listening to us. I appreciate it. I know money's not always the most exciting thing to talk about. I don't understand that, but um, Xavier, appreciate your, uh, you know, bringing the topic for appreciate, us to talk about. Appreciate you guys, and and I'm just like everyone out there. Especially when I drive to work in the morning without the music or talk, talk show, talking to talk self. radio, and and self and I are talking. Yeah, cool. All right. Hey, you guys have a great day. Appreciate right, you guys. Take care. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor not affiliated with the Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated.